Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to hang out with Umi over Zoom video. Umi was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, and talks about how they got into music. Umi comes from a very musical household. Mom was a piano player, pianist. Dad DJed and also played drums. Umi started to play piano at a very early age, but was really, really into playing guitar. So at seven, Umi picked up guitar, but they were writing songs from age four or five. At age four or five, Umi was writing their own songs, actually had a tape recorder, would sing into the tape recorder. Once Umi learned guitar, then Umi really fell in love with songwriting. Umi talks about recording songs and putting them up onto SoundCloud. Umi got a full ride scholarship to USC and eventually dropped out for for music, to pursue music. Uh, But Umi talks about that experience, the major success of their song, Friend Zone, and how that really kicked off everything for Umi. Umi discusses the milestones of all of the EPs they've released, Interlude, Balance, Love Language, Introspection, and Introspection Reimagined. And Umi also talks a lot about the album they released, Force in the City, and all about the new EP coming out uh, beginning of next year, which is called Talking to the Wind. You can watch the interview with Umi and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Umi. I'm excited to, to hear your story. Uh, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about uh, the latest song you put out and, and everything else in store. Yeah, let me wipe my camera really quick. Just to be a little wipe. Okay, cool. <laughs> Amazing. So um, I did read, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, from Seattle area, Seattle, Washington. Yes, from Seattle. Tell me about that. What was it like growing up in uh, in Seattle? And were you in the city of Seattle? Or were you on the outskirts and the suburbs? Uh, so I was born in like Seattle, Seattle, like the city of Seattle. And then when I was like five or so, um, my parents divorced. So I moved with my mom, like more to the outskirts of Seattle. And then I would like come into the city on the weekends to visit my dad. And... Um, so most of my life, I grew up in the countryside, like waterfalls, vast forest, very lush greenery. I went back a few weeks ago and I was like, whoa, this is why I'm the person that I am. Like, you, know, you don't realize until you go back somewhere, you know? Sure. And you're in where, LA now? I'm in LA now. Okay. Yeah. I, my family and I recently moved to a couple of years now uh, to Nashville, in Tennessee mm. area. I'm from San Diego. So here I was like, whoa, like this, it's so green and there's so much space. It, it, it's just a totally different vibe than living in Southern California. Oh, yeah. It's very, 
I mean, California is beautiful, but it depends. Depending on where you live, you can get the desert, you can get the lush. So I feel you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Pacific Northwest is beautiful, too. It's all the greenery and everything else. It is so beautiful. It's very peaceful. It's like you don't have to really seek nature to be in nature. You just take, go to your walk to your car and you're like, <laughs> right. feel like you just took a trip in a forest. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I did see also you come from a fairly musical family. Dad and mom both are musicians, correct? Correct. Yeah. My dad was a drummer and also a DJ. And my mom played piano growing up. Like, it's not like she pursued being a pianist necessarily, but she definitely grew up playing and like taught me how to play when I was younger. So music was always in my household like i would wake up and there's always music playing which i love i still do that now like that's the wake up light an incense play music it's like my morning <laughs> what do you play now what 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 are your like go-to records at the moment I'm Ooh, i'm a, right now i'm in like a playlist wave so i'll play jazz music in the morning or like yeah. reggae music in the morning and then midday it's like put on my favorite R&B song and then go to like make a playlist from that. Or like I have playlists for different seasons right now. I'm, I'm starting my fall mix. Fall so playlist. Okay. Fall play it has a lot of, uh, a lot of like D'Angelo, Erykah Badu, um, stuff like, like very like stuff that feels warm and organic is fall to me. Yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, and then kind of picking up, your dad's traits as far as like the DJing goes is he like it was he like a club DJ yes he was a club DJ he used to have like racks of tapes at home and he would make me mixes and stuff um but he 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 like he liked all the hip-hop he liked a lot of hip-hop hip-hop and like what else a lot of like soul hip-hoppy stuff like stuff that I think paved the way for trap paved the uh, way sure. for modern hip hop was like what he really liked to mix. That's cool. Um, yeah. Did you ever learn drums or just piano for mom? No drums. Guitar was my thing. I like my mom tried to teach me how to play piano and I was like, I don't want to play piano. Like I was so did not like the fact that my mom was telling me what to do. So sure. I picked up the guitar, which has like a rhythmic aspect to it. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, the guitar was my baby for a while. What age did you start playing guitar? When I was seven. Wow, that's really young. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And were you songwriting early as well? I mean, to start playing guitar at seven, was that something that you picked up fairly quickly as well? Or <laughs> That's a good question. I've been songwriting since I was, even before I started playing guitar, like five, six, like when I could start writing words, I was writing songs. Like really? that was what I, that's just where I wanted to start doing. And my dad got me like a, like a cassette recorder. So I could also record my voice. So I would like record my demos and stuff into these cassette players <laughs> that's and like amazing. play them for myself. Um, do you have any of those cassettes? No, but I do oh. have the songs. Oh, you do? That's amazing. And they're still in my head. Um, yeah, and I would like try to force my sisters to write songs. I'd be like, it's time for songwriting class. So I'd like pretend to be the teacher and like teach them how to write. They don't, they don't write songs, but I, I would like try that. And then guitar oh. took me a while to learn too. I remember getting so frustrated when I first played that. I was like, can't get my fingers to play these chords. But yeah, I mean, seven, 
the the neck of the guitar and being able to push the strings down yeah um, it was so yeah. frustrating but then once i got over the hump the smooth sailing and then the I started calluses writing songs. built up <laughs> oh yeah they're still they're like forever calluses like i feel like i don't even have to play and they're still there <laughs> so yeah. then you started writing songs you said once you kind of yeah the once the guitar started getting more accessible and like community like i could easily communicate myself on it i started writing on guitar and recording songs and when i was in like beginning of end of middle school beginning of high school i like got my first laptop and i got free music making software and i just started like producing myself and recording the guitars in and making songs putting them on soundcloud and stuff really yeah wow wow that's really cool so are those probably still exist somewhere if they're up on soundcloud those exist i i can't tell if i uh archive them or if they're still up but they exist on so soundcloud is where you can find the deep cuts for sure oh uh, yeah that's yeah. cool that's it's cool that you have them there i mean to go even if they're not if they're private or whatever you could still go back and and listen Definitely. to yourself from from the evolution yeah yeah were you showing people the songs you're putting up on soundcloud at that early of an age yeah the thing is i used to have really bad stage fright so i hated performing in front of people which is why i started a youtube channel and why i started soundcloud was so i could just send people links like oh i just did this cover i just sang i just made this song so i wouldn't have to do it in front of people so i would send them out to my family my friends people like i do music by the way like you want to hear it and i would send it so i started sharing it young like that Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade, life-size cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. With YouTube, was that something that you would uh, go on, you know, fairly? Was that like you had a channel and that was something that you was part of your life? Yeah, it was. I was I had a channel and I would upload covers every week. Like I, sometimes I would be late to school because I was like, I, mom, I did not get the take. Like I need to stay home. And I would like whatever new song came out that week, I would cover it. Like I remember oh. I did like. Rihanna work on the guitar, like Beyonce 7-Eleven. Like I was like anything I was making. I also did a lot of um like uh, K-pop songs or like J-pop songs, and I would translate them and put them on YouTube too. And that and was you like, translate them into English. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because you learned Japanese at a very early age, right? As well, mm -hmm. like I write like, and and read it and everything. Yeah, I went to Japanese preschool and Japanese kindergarten. And my mom was a Japanese teacher too. So I was just 
Japanese all around me. Immersed in it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm sure you can still way to learn. Yeah, I'm sure you can still speak the language and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still make songs in Japanese. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so you said that was middle school into high school, and then were you was music always the thing you knew you wanted to do? I know I saw you did go to USC, which has got an incredible music program. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I always knew it was something, I always knew it was what I was meant to do. And I, it's interesting though, cause all throughout high school, I was very studious with the intention to get to USC or like get a full ride scholarship to college and then drop out. Like I had this master plan. I'm like, I'm gonna pretend <laughs> I, I just really wanna get like a school. full ride to drop full, out. Exactly, so that's what I did. I got a full ride, I went to USC. I was in the business program. I was studying marketing and like accounting. And I was taking a few like extracurricular music classes. And then I would just do sessions and make music all day. I didn't go to any parties. I didn't go to any football games. I didn't do anything but make music and do homework. And then I started going to sessions and taking meetings. And then when I started doing music more than school, I was like, okay, it's time. The master plan has worked. (laughs) I'm leaving now. So then I dropped out and I just started doing music full time. That's so funny. I love the fact that you wanted to get a full ride scholarship just so you could drop out without <laughs> finishing. <laughs> it's exa- I was like, I don't want nobody to tell me I can't leave school. Like it's all on my, it's on my dime. It's on my, you know, um, I wanted that freedom to be able to leave. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. So you got in, uh, you got a full ride to USC, you, but you weren't going for music. It just happened to be something you were doing as a, you know, a hobby, I guess, at that point, but knowing that that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I didn't even know you could study it. Like, if I would have known, I probably would have applied, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know the music program exists. So I remember getting there, people were like, I'm in the pop music program. And I'm like, what do you mean you're in the pop music program? You can study that? You're like, you so just I, made that up. <laughs> you just, I was like, no way. But yeah, I was in business. I'm, I'm happy I did, though. I feel like the purpose of school for me was to network and meet a lot of really cool people that I still work with that still inspire me, like still make videos with the friends I made back in college. Like it was a big stepping stone for me. Wow. And were you like going between going to school and, and writing your own songs? Like, was there uh, like what kind of led to you to decide, like, I'm going to do the music thing full time? Like you said, you're taking meetings and, uh, you know, working and, and doing sessions. Was that just based off of networking or were you mm-hmm. showing people your songs and then them reaching out to you? Like, how did that work? I in 2017, I think it was like the end of my freshman year of college. I randomly got playlisted on um spotify and then from that like and this was when like it was like the big playlist era like if you were on a playlist it was like what so i playlisted and then i just started getting a lot of inquiries from people and Mm -hmm. that really got the ball rolling and then what else happened i think i just realized that like i wasn't doing either school or music at 100 percent. like i was kind of giving each of them half of myself. And I knew that I did not want to do business, like in terms of making that my career career. So I just was like, it's time to take the leap. It's time to leave. It's time to go do music full time. Yeah. What was the song that got playlisted? (laughs) It's a song called Friend Zone. Oh, it was. Um, Okay. Yeah. It's like one of the first songs I ever released. 
it's about this guy in high school that really liked me and he was like too pushy with it and i was like i just want to be your friend so thanks to him i got playlisted <laughs> that's incredible though wow yeah. so then people are reaching out and then eventually this just becomes uh, well you're re releasing more and more music at that point yeah like getting that, that one was yeah. that your first spotify song you had ever done or was it just uh no even that was like that song probably came out a year two years before it got playlisted and mm. i then i dropped the ep and i was dropping singles every month like i was uh, okay i see and then i then i met some cool people in college who were like you should make music videos so then i started making music videos and friend zone was the first video that i made and it went really well it went really honestly it went really viral and i was like whoa and then i got then that song got playlisted so it's this mixture of me taking action and being very consistent to be like to be in a place where things like that could happen to me i felt like it was like like mm, i don't want to say luck because i don't fully believe in the word luck but more just no. like opportunities matching my like persistence and willingness that came together for that yeah did you feel like after i mean having that happen right you have this video that goes viral the song gets playlisted at that point were you concerned at all by like are mine it was that it was that the moment or uh or, you know is it going to happen again for me because it obviously has grown can you know consistently and then you know obviously remember me is gigantic but not that i mean other songs of yours have like oh, 50 60 million plays i mean it wasn't like just friend zone happened yeah no it was i didn't i've never felt that way i still don't ever feel that way i have a um no i don't feel that way i always am excited for what's next like i even know like remember me is just like the tip of the iceberg for what's possible and all that all i have to do is continue to stay consistent and stay trusting because i keep getting surprised by what comes my way so i i didn't feel that way. i was more like oh god it's working like something's working like let me just keep doing it <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow yeah and you've i mean you've put out a bunch of music obviously and a bunch of vps and like every like with interlude like when you did that album or when when that ep came out was were you getting i know you've done some big tours and opened up for some big artists like was that something that kind of came along with the the success of the songs ah uh, um yeah I didn't think, I, how, hmm, it's a good question. I mean, Interlude for me, I had this song called Midnight Blues on Interlude. That was also another big song that did really well. Oh yeah. Like that yes. opened up a lot of doors for me. And then I went on to drop Love Language, which was another really big project for me. And I had this whole anime, like YouTube series that I did for it. And I think that opened me up to new, a new audience of people who are into that kind of art form. So I think with each project I drop, it's like I show a new interest of mine or a new side of me, and then it like attracts a new audience of people with similar interests. So it like compounds mm -hmm. over time and everything kind of builds on each other. So yeah, I think each release helps me to get to the next, the next new growth. Sure. With, with Remember Me, was that when you released that song, was it immediately this big, was it just right out mm -hmm. the gate, like, like people were, uh, you know, attracted to the song or was it something that was there like a moment or a viral thing that had happened that skyrocketed it to where it is now? 
No, when it came out, it was very slow and it was like a thousand views, two thousand views, three thousand views. I'm thinking like the first month, it was like maybe eight thousand views or something. And then a year later, out of nowhere, the algorithm picked up the song and it just like blew up everywhere. And that's what excites me about all the music I've released too is like, all I know is that it just takes a little bit of time and it just takes the belief and things just randomly pop off. That's what happened with the EP. Like it just like pops off. So no, remember me took some time and out of nowhere, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. Did you like just see one day? Oh my gosh. It went from 8,000 and now it's at 50. Like what happened? Was, yeah. Was I think it, something it was like that. It was like in a month it got to a million. And then from a million, it was like, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And then my streams are going, oh, I was like, whoa, what is this? is so cool. That's and awesome. And then I was doing touring and yeah, it kind of just was like all at once. Yes. Um, with your, you did um, uh, introspection and then the, the reimagined version of that. And you put that out, what, during the pandemic, right? Everything was mm -hmm. kind of shut down. And were you working on that prior to the pandemic or like did that mess up the release schedule of the of the EP or tell me kind mm. of how that That's you know, a wonderful kind of question. I was when I did introspection, introspection was the first project I did with the label and I was like supposed to do an album and I but it didn't feel right. Like I didn't feel like I had enough to say it or like, yeah, I just didn't feel like I was ready for an album yet. So I, was, I just like, I think I need to do an EP. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, I had all the songs ready. I knew I was going to drop it. Oh, I was in the middle of shooting the short film for it. And my short film filming got shut down in the middle because of the pandemic. And so I just was like, I'm gonna drop it anyways. I'm a very like, if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something first. And so <laughs> I dropped it and it, it fit so well the theme of the project because the theme of it was me coming to understand a deeper part of myself, like the me within me, like who is that voice inside of me that's guiding me and developing a, developing a relationship with that version of me was this era of my life. And I think that's what the whole pandemic was for the collective and for humanity as a whole. So I almost felt like I got to soundtrack that for my community. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I was like, I don't think I was ready for the album because I needed that process to then be ready to understand what I wanted to do. And then the reimagined project happened because I was so uninspired to make anything new. Like I couldn't make myself make anything. I would go to the studio and be like, so I have nothing to say right now. But I was huh. like, oh, why not take something I've created and reimagine it? Like that still feels like I'm getting my creative energy out. So both of those projects were very important for the development of who I am. Like they helped me to learn so many skills that have set me up for what I'm doing and what I will continue to do. Wow. And it sounds like, I mean, you had the, you said there was like the Japanese cartoon or really project alongside uh, your EP. Are you doing something like a short film? Like, are, is that something that you always kind of bring along with your, your records? I like love the visual. Project? Yeah. I love visuals for music i think it helps tell the story and i'm very much a director like 
in my future, I know I'm going to be directing movies and shows and stuff like that. So it's all just like plays into it all together. Um, so when I do my next album, I definitely want to do some kind of visual story with that as well. Do you write the story after the album is done? Like do you mm. take the music and then create the storyline for what will be the film or whatever element it is that's going to go alongside it? Yeah, that's usually my process. I like to just close my eyes and just dream and let everything like materialize here uh-huh. in my mind. And then I'm like, okay, how do I take that into this life? How can I create that? If you're an independent artist, you may know the struggle of you got these great songs. How do I get them in front of record labels, radio DJs, get them on Spotify playlists? How does this happen? Well, friends, this is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm going to tell you about this amazing website called DropTrack. DropTrack will get you a free press release for your music with the new AI-powered PR agent from DropTrack. DropTrack has helped thousands of independent musicians actually get their music heard by connecting them with record labels, radio DJs, Spotify playlist curators. And now DropTrack is leveraging the power of AI to help you promote your music. It's super simple. All you have to do is upload your song and then DropTrack will write a professional personalized press release that describes your music all in just seconds. Then DropTrack helps you share it with the world. You might ask yourself, Adam, why do I need a press release for my music? Well, you need a press release because you need to be able to describe your music in words. You can send the press release to record labels or radio programmers, media outlets, and these industry folk and your fans will actually be able to read about your music before they even press play on the song. This will also get them interested in your music so they want to listen to it. A really good friend of mine's been an independent musician for a number of years, written so many great songs, but he's like, why do I need a press release? So I explained to him the importance of the press release, being able to describe the music. People know what they're getting into before they even press play. He drops his song into drop track. It writes this beautiful press release. Then all he has to do is just send it out. Super simple. What are you waiting for? Get a press release for your own song. Try it now for free at www.droptrack.com. That's droptrack.com. That's D-R-O-P-T-R-A-C-K, droptrack, droptrack.com. Check it out today. Then you put out your, you know, your studio album, right? With Forest and yeah. City. Um, and going into that, you felt as like a year later, did the creative juices obviously came back at some point after the reimagined uh, version of that EP. Um, when do you, you know, going into that, did you know you wanted to do an album at that point? Mm, yeah, but it's interesting because I knew the, I didn't expect it to come to me like this. I was on a road trip and I was like playing through all the songs I had written from when I moved to LA to post pandemic, like after Reimagine, I had like maybe 40, 50, 60 songs that could be on this project. And I was like, yo, if I don't make an album, I feel myself changing completely as a person. If I don't release an album, none of this music is ever gonna come out. And so that's what was, what made me release the album 
because right now I'm in that changed person version of me. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have felt called to release Force in the City now. Like that was for that era of me, you know? Mm -hmm. So Force in the City is like almost like this end of a chapter to all that version of me, those versions of me. And um, I also feel like Forest in the City was a big, almost like rite of passage for myself. Um, Cause the theme of the project is me realizing as humanity, we've left the forest and we have to come to peace with living in the city now. And like you walk down the street and you hear bird chirps and you hear sirens and you hear like animals and you hear honking. It's like everything's merging together to create a new forest. And it's humanity is now being asked, like, how can we be peaceful in this new environment, this new forest we created? And now I feel very grounded no matter where I'm at, whereas before starting the album, I felt very uncomfortable living in the city and very anxious or overwhelmed. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's like, why do I feel anxious all the time? And I'm just like, it's because we live in a city. It's because we live and you have to like, you have to seek groundedness. And I feel like you have to find your connection with yourself. And now that I've feel that groundedness, I feel like that's what shifted and prompted this like evolution in myself. And now I'm like a new Umi that I'm very excited to like release music and create as this Umi. Okay. That's interesting. So you already, did you kind of come to that realization and just know, okay, well, all these other songs don't represent where I'm headed. So it's time to just kind of put a bow on that piece of me and then put the album out and then moving forward I, you have this you know evolution uh, this new perspective it's almost like i feel like this next album i'm working on is the first is like umi the artist like this is me realizing what my artistry is and what i want to do as an artist and everything that came before this prepared me to understand this and I think a lot of people, a lot of artists like wait to be to realize their artist street to release music. But mm -hmm. my story has been more like you're seeing every version of me publicly and through my music. As it you're unfolds, me, yeah. As it unfolds, you're seeing me experiment with trappy sounds and experiment with fully acoustic ears. And I'm like, it's it's almost like I wouldn't I wouldn't be here now without that experimentation. And so Force in the City was almost like, thank you, Umi, for being willing to be, to put yourself out there, even though you didn't know who you were all the way. Like, you just knew you were creative and you knew you wanted to do music and that was the guiding light. And now, because of all of that, I, I'm i more clear of what I want to do. And it was like, because I got to go on the road and because I got to tour and because I got to become comfortable being on stage and learn how to be in the studio that I'm here. And so without any of Force in the City and everything before that, I wouldn't have the foundation I have now. So I hope that makes sense. Like that's what no, to me, the music before versus the music now means to me. Okay. And with that, I mean, having all those songs, you said 40, 50 songs, was it difficult to sift through and kind of figure out which of those songs best tells the story of where you were prior to this you know you finding what 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 movie is in the project is i mean yeah. what your artistry is i guess moving forward 
Definitely. I actually, it took me a month to do it. I, I'm a very, like, I like my processes. So I had me and all the people who I was finishing the album with, we met once a week for a month and we would do 10 songs every week, 10 to 15 songs every week. We listen to them, write notes, and then decide like, is this, does this fit the album? Is this, and so we did that. And then from there, we dwindled it down to about 25 songs. And then I spent four months doing 25, finishing 25 songs. So I would spend about four to five days on each song. I like put this all on a calendar. I would do four to five days on each song, finish and finish. And then at the very end of the summer, decided what was on the album. Wow. And then you had to cut 10, you cut 10 more. I mean, off I of cut, that, right? I mean, yeah, like I cut 10 more. Yeah. I learned so much from that. Like I learned how to use Pro Tools and I learned how to caught my own vocals and I learned how to collaborate in new way. Like I just learned so it was like boot camp for me. <laughs> um, and then I also learned how to how to like how to got, follow inspiration because in the middle of working on a song, I would be like, it's not on the album. And I know it because I just don't like like I'm not inspired, not because the song's not good or not because it's just like I'm not feeling it. And I'm learning. I learned how to trust that voice inside me, which I think is which I know is what your artistry is like. That's what artistry is, is your intuition. Mm -hmm. And you have a new record out now and sounds like you're working towards another album. Yes, I have a new record out. And before the album, I'm doing an EP in January. And the EP is very important for me and I think for the fans because it's the bridge. It's like the bridge between Umi to Umi. All these songs were like my final experimentation before becoming, before figuring out what the album was going to sound like. Um, so it's me playing with folk elements, me playing with like mm, glitchy sounds, me playing with different aspects of songwriting. Um, so yeah, I'm very, it's like the EP is a, a very important bridge to get to the album. Yeah. Okay. Well, so with the EP and even speaking to the most recent song, like with, with, uh, did you, was that, I mean, you said it's a bridging a gap between the uh, force and the city. Were these songs from that around that same time period or had you already kind of made the, the, you know, switch or whatever, when it, as far as your artist, artist project and the direction you're going when it goes to the album or were these songs, you said they're bridging the gap. Are they part of that? Like, oh, okay, from Forest in the City, I have these songs that are going to be on the EP. But now looking ahead, that's I know I'm. This is where I need to be. I guess. Yeah. I guess my question is, where where did these fall as far as like where you were at uh, as an artist and uh, how that those fall in comparison to Forest in the City and what the album will look like? They were all songs I made after the album dropped. After I toured the album and I was home for a while okay. like, like in that the calm after the storm phase you know where it's like everything settled and i was like what do i have to say about that experience and then i made these songs i don't even know why i was making them i was like i just want to make music and i don't even i don't have like a project i'm working towards or a thing i'm just creating to create and then these are kind of my favorite songs from that era of my life Okay. And yeah. you've only put the one out, right? Is that the mm -hmm. only one? Okay. I have one single. I have another single dropping in uh, November, the top of November. And then in January, I'm going to drop the EP. 
and I'm very excited. Wow. Well, tell me about the, the is the song that's out now a good, good representation or a good idea of what the rest of the album will sound like or EP? Yeah, it is. It's a good feeling of what the EP is going to sound like. Every song in the EP is very different from each other in terms of the sonic worlds, but the feeling they give you is very similar. Um, and the feeling is like a sense of home and a sense of like, refreshment like listening to something like oh that feeling that song gave me i haven't felt that from other songs in a while like it's just kind of it's new that's that's what the whole ep feels like and it's like music that inspires music that when you're feeling lost or you're feeling down you put it on and like it'll ignite something inside you to be like oh okay i want to take the next step the, the whole ep is called um talking to the wind and it's just me when I'm lost, I go outside, I sit, and I talk to the wind. I let the wind tell me very simple things. It's going to be okay. You should get up. You should try this. And that's, to me, all the songs sound like the wind, like that peace, that guidance that the wind gives you is what all the songs sound like. I love that. And with this EP, with Talking to the Wind, is there going to also be a visual element that goes along with the whole EP? I have visuals I'm making for each song, visualizers, music videos, dancing videos and whatnot. But because it's an EP for me, it's like you kind of get to be more like random with things and kind of just be like, I like this and I want to show you this. I wanna... So it's just me, me being fun. It's also my first independent release in a while because um, the yeah, album was with a label. A, yeah, you were on a major label before that. Was yeah. that, is that different? Like going into an independent release again it is it feels like back to my roots in a way because i released so many things independently before mm -hmm. you have a lot more it's a lot more direct to source like it's like less people to get things approved by or like less people to present things it's just like this is what i want to do boom and i do it which is right. really fun and nice um and what else makes it different it's a lot more flexible too. Like the timeline's more flexible. I can like, I need another week. I need a little bit more time. You know, like <laughs> you have a little bit more like leeway with that, which is fun. I like doing them in both ways. So yeah. yeah. Probably have more oh. creative control as far as like maybe not answering to as many people or submitting songs that somebody might be like, yeah, I don't think this should make the out. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just in a way. Yeah. I feel, I will say though, like, I think that the recording label situations have are a lot more artist friendly now like even in my experience i felt very creatively in control of how i wanted to present myself but i agree that there's just like i don't have to get it approved by marketing and radio and head of the budgets and like everybody doesn't have to have a say say in it um which is nice teamwork is awesome i'm just like always like everything is cool everything has its pros and cons you're very optimistic I i'm very optimistic yeah. <laughs> so i can't i can't shade get no shade on any process um but i am loving this right now it feels very authentic to who i am right now that's awesome and you just did a tour of asia that's awesome yeah that was, what was crazy. that like that was wild that was wild because you're every country is like maybe two to three max five hours away from each other but the culture is so different like i've toured europe and europe is very different in every place but there's still a through line of like similarity 
Mm-hmm. It's just like different country, different food, different language, different side of the street you walk on, different types of cars, different, everything's different in every country. So my show was different, different sets for each. So it was just so oh, nice. Oh, wow. So you had a really, you catered to the country instead Definitely of just catered. touring with, this is the set, this is the show. It was, you changed it up at every at every, yeah. in every country. Wow. And I think maybe that's like, like kind of the difference between how I operate when I'm more in like the Western side of the country versus Asia. Like when I'm over here, it's like, this is Umi and you're, you're going to get Umi in every country or every state I'm in versus Asia. It's like, this is Umi, but how can I best like represent Umi to fit the culture and to fit the people? And like that seems to work better over there. It's like, I'm a little less hype in these countries and more talkative here. Here, I'm like, I'm not talking. I'm just jumping around and screaming. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's fun. It's, it makes you work your like puzzle brain a little bit more out there. Yeah. Was that, that must've been something you had to what learn through experience. Like how would, how did you go about knowing, okay, this, in this country, I'm going to do this thing in this country. I, I'm going to mm. do this thing. Trial and error for sure. Cause I first few shows I went in as just like Umi and I was like, uh, almost like expecting the crowd to be a certain way from the beginning. But then as I went along, I was like, oh, okay. There's more of a polite culture in these types of countries. So that means like people aren't gonna clap unless I say it's okay to clap or they're not gonna scream unless it's clearly time to scream. Like, so that means I have to hold more space to be like, hey everyone, it's cool to do this, it's cool to do that. And then some countries it's like, oh, they're loud as freak. They're loud. I just, just I just walk on stage and they're loud. So that's, that's that. So I was going to say like here in the States, no one, there's no, uh, censor of people. No, there's no, the hell they want, no matter what. <laughs> you could be like, be quiet. And this would be like, I love you. And it's really sweet. <laughs> but in Asia, I was in countries where I could hear a pin drop in the room. It was so quiet and it wasn't because people were uninterested. It was, they were so interested that they were so polite. I had to like rearrange my brain to see things in new ways out there. Wow. That's so fascinating. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I appreciate your time, Umi. Thank you so much for for doing this today. Of course. Thank you for your questions. They're very fun to answer. Awesome. Well, that makes me happy. I have one more for you while you're here. Uh, Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Mm. Any advice for aspiring artists? I'll say, (laughs) Um, don't think so much about it. Just do just do, don't wait until you're in full form or don't wait till you feel perfect to start because the world isn't looking for perfect. The world is just looking for authentic people that they feel seen in. So just be yourself and let the journey like take you to your full form because it's inevitable that it'll happen. And that's what my life has been and it's worked for me. So try it out. (laughs) 